Welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Usually this would be a post-game pod in which Jacob and I would talk about the Lakers having just knocked off uh, the Portland Trailblazers and get you guys ready for whoever their next opponent opponent might be. But it looks like there's a very real scenario here where there is no such uh, next opponent, not even a, a, a game five. Uh, so... The way Jacob and I are going to handle this, we're basically going to record our quick thoughts and try to summarize uh, the day that was, which might be impossible for all I yeah. know. Uh, but but what we're just we're just going to focus on the day that was, and and let tomorrow's news happen as it happens. We're going to release this immediately after we're done, and uh, and, and see where we're at. But I, Jacob, we just got to start. Uh, with where we both were, Jay, like where were you? Like, what was it like when you saw? Uh, I think the, for me, the first the first tweet I saw about any legitimate boycott was from Taylor Rook, Taylor Rooks, where she said that it's game time and only the referees are out here. But but uh, was that how you experienced it? And then and then just like take me through, put me in the room with you as that happened. Yeah, it was um. Trying to think of the, I want to say a weird start, but it was just an unexpected, I guess, start um, to the day because I was sitting at my desk, just writing away, didn't have Twitter pulled up, and uh, I think one of one of Shams or Woj or someone retweeted um, a tweet. I don't specifically know who it was, but just saying like uh, the Bucks haven't taken the court, and um, yeah, it was one of those moments where you immediately go rushing for a for your television remote and try to find where the game is. Um, I immediately turned on NBA TV. Um, huge shout out to them. I thought their their coverage during all of this, um, at least during that part of the day when I watched, was really, really good. Sam Mitchell was really, really – had some really powerful words um, during that segment. Um, and, yeah, it was just – it was one of those days where everything's just kind of playing out in front of you. Like um, I had Twitter open. Um, I was watching ESPN or TNT or um, wherever the games were supposed to be. I was switching back and forth through the day, just trying to take it all in because um, like I said, it was, it was unexpected. Like I think George Hill said, or at least one of the reports was that, the Bucks really didn't even plan this until pregame. Um, that George Hill didn't bring it up until pregame. Um, so it seems like it all came up uh, pretty fast. Yeah, Shams tweeted that George Hill admitted he first sparked conversation pregame um, to boycott the contest and the teammates supported. So I thought everything um, they did was – it took a lot of balls basically today yeah. um, to, to do what they did and to make this stand. And you saw pretty quickly that um, they basically kickstarted everything and, and other teams and other leagues all quickly followed suit. Um, every kind of movement needs a, a starting point and somebody who's willing to take that risk. Um, so I can't say – I can't give enough credit to the Bucks for the risk they took today, not knowing if anybody else was going to fall in line with them. 
Yeah, that um, that was actually one of the first kind of thoughts that came to mind was I don't I don't want to look down on all that the NBA has tried to do, you know, with with having Black Lives Matter on the court, uh, wearing the Black Lives Matter shirts, kneeling for the anthem, uh, allowing their players to speak freely for for like, uh, you know, during press conferences and ask answer any question about any topic having to do with with their experiences of African-American men and uh even with that said though like that's not that's not activism per se like that like that isn't activism is when there are stakes involved when you don't know how something is going to go right so mm-hmm. like when everybody is kneeling for an for the anthem uh and they know that they there there isn't any kind of there isn't any risk involved with kneeling for the anthem then that isn't it's it's it means something because we have accepted that as a form of protest, but it isn't necessarily true to form activism. And what the Bucks did today, and and also like Orlando deserves some credit because they could have accepted uh, a a forfeit or anything like that. But what the Bucks did today, where they, without making any announcement, without running it by their superiors or anything like that. They basically just said, nah, no, we're not going to play. This happened in our backyard. And not only like to me, what I thought was really important, um, an important part of this process that needs to be pointed out was like, not only was, uh, fuck, I can't, I, I did this again today. Jacob Blake, uh, murdered, like not only or not murdered, but shot seven times in the back. Like not only did that happen, but in the same city, 48 hours later, you had some little white dude running around with a fucking assault rifle and the cops gave him water. They yeah. thanked people for doing that stuff. And, and it's like, all right, so as if, as if the police brutality wasn't enough, here's this giant helping of, of systemic racism just to beat you over the head with it, you know? And I think, I think uh, one of the things that was the saddest things to kind of really consider as all this was going on was the beginning of the bubble and coming out of the protests of George Floyd's murder, uh, coming out of that, like we were, we, we let our guard down and we actually had hope like we actually thought, okay, yeah, maybe something is going to happen. Minneapolis PD was getting defunded. And, and we thought like, okay, yeah, maybe there's momentum here. And then, and I think, you know, as uh, several reporters have talked about, the breaking point today was players let their guard down. Uh-huh. African-American people throughout the country left their, let their guard down to, to commit the crime of hope. And, and then we're, very brutally reminded nope you still love in donald you still live in donald trump's america you still live in in the same america that led to george floyd's murder in the first place and and not nearly enough has changed and and while look i i don't mean to ram i don't mean to ramble here but while i understand and i think even the players understand that change isn't an overnight thing when you're talking about 
police departments that have been a part of society for hundreds of years, it takes a long time to get those wheels uh, of change in motion. But we didn't see shit. Mm-hmm. We didn't see anything. And I think that's where players are saying, you know what? We're just out here and we actually are a distraction. We, we're out here and we're doing all this state-appropriate uh, protesting that isn't actually doing anything. So let's actually do something that, that has a chance at, at bringing about real change. And I applaud them for it. Yeah, <clears throat> I think uh, Doc Rivers is post-game speech or, or whatever you want to call it, presser on, um, I guess it'd be Wednesday now um, or Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. Um, after their game against the Mavericks, that was, that was heartbreaking to watch. Um, and I think that kind of summarized how a lot of these people are feeling. Um, and you, you you hit the nail on the head on a couple things, but I mean, these guys were were using the platform that they were given. Um, they had continued to speak out. They were using every press conference as a chance to speak out on everything. And then to have this happen again, as if nothing has changed because it hasn't, like you said, um, I think it, I don't want to say a wake up call or blindside them, but I think they realize that something bigger has to happen and actions speak louder than words. Um, I wrote down a couple notes, but that was the first thing I wrote down because I think it's going to be the case for a lot of things in the coming days. Um, actions, actions will always speak louder than words. They get, they've sat, like I said, and said all the right things. They've tried to, to keep the focus on social justice, um, but they felt like they were basically a distraction to what was really going on. Um, it's hard to blame them too. No, honestly, like it's <laughs> there's not much I could say if if a player was to sit sit in front of me and tell me that yeah they've just felt like a I mean they 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 literally got out got up and were taking taken away from society to play these games right and to be the entertainment that that america accepts and loves them for um while all this stuff has actually continued uh and 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 yeah i can see why they're saying that that can't quite be right one of the things that i had curtis harris on um on on locked on lakers which you guys can find everywhere you find podcasts we record monday through friday um (laughs) but he uh he made a very good point too where Let's say, and now look, the bubble was necessary. They could not have played basketball. Like, just ask baseball how things go if you, if you try to play your sport in the middle of a global pandemic uh, without a bubble. It doesn't go very well. Uh, so, so I'm not saying that the NBA shouldn't have, have, have gone through with this bubble thing. But let's say this game, uh, if the NBA was able to find a way to play their playoff games in home cities – Let's say the Milwaukee Bucks are playing their their series at home as Jacob Blake is killed in Kenosha and then protesters are murdered in Kenosha 30 miles away from where they're playing their games. They could play their game and they could go out and be active in the community and then go back and play their game again. 
But as seeing as they're in the they're in the bubble, all they can really do is play their game and then talk after the game in those post-game pressers, those one-on-one pressers that nobody really listens to. So like for the players, they're sitting there like, all right, what can we actually do? And and actually the the example that came to mind uh, is actually one that I, I want to give after a break. Do you remember back, I forget the exact year, but uh, North Carolina was getting ready to host an all-star game. Yeah. And uh, the NBA pulled the all-star game out of there because they had that backwards bathroom bill. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steph Curry spoke out against it. Michael Jordan spoke out against it. The, 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 the entire league wound up taking the all-star game away from North Carolina and postponed it for two years until North Carolina figured out a non awful bill uh, yeah. that, that they wanted to write to. And, and, and I think uh, that to me, that came up as what the players I think are attempting to do here again the only way, and this is incredibly cynical and it sucks and it's not the greatest statement about our society, but the only way that players can really leverage their platform and enact change is to not play. It's to, it's to say, you know what? Uh, you know what, Wisconsin? You, you guys don't want to you know, rethink your, your policing laws? Fine. We aren't going to play for the Milwaukee Bucks. You know what, L.A.? How do you think Los Angeles would handle not having, having the Lakers for a little while? Yeah. You know, it changes the economy. So if the, if the players say, you know what, LA, you guys want to keep, you, you want to claim that you're defunding LAPD, but then actually you look at the budget and it doesn't really actually look like you're doing much, if anything at all, fine. We aren't going to play in LA. And, and we're going to leverage this power, the billions of dollars that, that by the way, owners love to tout when, uh-huh. they are, that when they're asking for, for uh, taxpayer money to pay for their buildings, right? We're going to take those billions of dollars and we're going to say, you know what? No. Fix your shit and then we'll go play there. Stop killing people who look like me and then I'll go play there. And, and I think... You know, if, if I, 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 I would imagine uh, players are, are looking at that prior example as, as it played out in North Carolina, and they're saying, just show us any progress whatsoever. Like, we aren't, I'm not demanding that police forces get defunded altogether. I'm not demanding that, that you fire everybody and then rehire cops right away. You know, like we can compromise on this shit, but let me see some progress because the thing that took, that got players to a place where they were comfortable enough to go to the bubble in the first place was the idea that progress was actually happening. And then for them to get there and now be powerless, they can't go out into the community. They, 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 They can't really speak up because when they're speaking up, it's during times where nobody's really listening anyway. So, so, now they're sitting there in the spot and they're saying, all right, fine. We know one way we aren't powerless and the bucks made their first stand. And then, and then what was great to see was as it happened, you know, not only did, did the next two games also the, the, the four teams that were playing in the next two games also say they weren't going to play, but you saw the Brewers game get postponed 
the Dodgers and Giants were set to play. They didn't play. Hockey doesn't care because, you know, hockey's hockey. Um, and, and, and man, if I, if I haven't heard way too many people say, oh, yeah, I used to like basketball, but they got too political, so I liked watching hockey now. Like, oh, solid yeah. racist. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, to, to, I'm rambling at this point, but, but for me, and the reason I brought up North Carolina in the first place is even while I, I know that any kind of systemic change that these players are looking for is going to take a long time. This is probably their only way of enacting it themselves and forcing their billionaire owners who previously released a bunch of real nice vanilla statements. Those statements are different now. Yeah. To me, in a lot of ways, this is the pinnacle of the player empowerment era, if you want to call it that. This is what it actually looks like. Yeah. Um, It's not about forcing your way off of one team to another, anything like that. Um, The players dictated everything today, no matter what the NBA statements were. They dictated everything across every league, the WNBA, the MLS, MLB, no matter what those statements from the league were, um, they were the ones who, who decided they weren't taking the court or the field or, or, uh, or whatever. But you're, you're right that once the NBA made that decision then to move the game out of Charlotte, and they basically set a precedent that I'm sure is on the minds of the players or was during the meetings, uh, the meeting tonight, the players and the coaches, because they know that the league and owners are willing or capable at least of, of doing those types of things. I mean, you're talking about when it comes to the owners, you're talking about 30 millionaires and billionaires, um, probably more of the latter than the former that are, wealthy, powerful people. Like if they start making stands, if they start throwing the weight they have around, things will start changing. Um, And that seemed to be the message that at least LeBron and, and some of the others wanted to get across, at least from what we heard is that, um, these guys have to start pressuring their owners to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said, the, it seems like the statements um, seem to be a sign that maybe things are changing because when the George Floyd protests happened, um, those were all very vanilla statements. The statements that came out today were very, very strongly worded. They actually mentioned the police. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't think there was hardly any I read, at least from the NBA, um, that didn't mention the police. Um, and that seems like a change. And that's, it might be nothing, it might be something. We'll find out at the, at the Board of Governors meeting that might have already happened by the time you're listening to this. But um, this is what the player empowerment era is about. And this is how you start a change. Um, mm-hmm. Kudos to every one of those guys in that meeting today um, in the bubble right now for for taking a stand in 
and trying to change something because a lot of these guys are putting a lot of a lot on the line personally and professionally um right now and that's not easy um well yeah i mean you look at you look at the you look at the teams involved in in that played a central role in all of this right the milwaukee bucks are vying for a championship with a once in a lifetime type type player that a championship might keep home you know uh Mm -hmm. the lakers if they win a championship they uh, tie the Celtics for most championships in, in NBA history. The Clippers are vying for their very first uh, banner that's worth hanging up in Staples Center. This uh, might be LeBron's last chance at a title. It might be, yeah, that too, you know. Um, and, and you know, for all these guys involved, especially the, the teams and the players that have played central roles in all of this, uh, you know, it was always disingenuous and it was always shitty people who were making this argument. It was like, yeah, but let's actually see them sacrifice something. Well, here uh-huh. you fucking go. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, here you go. This is, this, is, this is where, you know, the Clay Travises of the world and the Will Canes of the world, like, you guys just got to shut up for a bit. You guys, have, you guys have, 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 have been, your mic is now off for a little while. You guys mm-hmm. don't get to talk. And, and, and uh, like you said earlier, kudos to the uh, NBA and, and the Bucks and, and, and every team for following suit. And, and like the other thing too, people are probably going to point to uh, the, the, you know, players not being on the same page in that meeting and that some players and teams weren't happy that the Bucks blindsided them with, with the boycott. And it's like, of course they're not on the same page. Nobody's on the same page on this issue. Yeah. The only thing we're on this, the people should be on the same page is like, hey, cops, stop shooting unarmed black men. That's, that's, the, that's the foundation. That's where we're starting from. So from there, we ought to figure out ways to fix it. And of course, we're not going to be on the same page as we try to find those ways. And, and in this case, you know, how the NBA handles uh, getting on the same page or getting close to the same page like that, that's going to be kind of how, what, what defines their productivity here. Uh, to me, what matters more than anything though, is does this force the owner's hands in saying, all right, we actually, we have all this power by way of all of the money that we have, you know, every owner along, you know, every billionaire owner or multi-billionaire owner, uh, in NBA ranks has lobbied for something or other previously. Uh-huh. So why don't you lobby, uh, of, you know, to, to help out these athletes that you claim to support, that you love to write these statements that, that you actually support? Why don't you actually put your money where those statements are? And, and if what it takes is uh, we just aren't going to play until we see that, then that's what it takes. And that's kind of what we have to support. Yeah, uh, and like you said, we've seen the we've seen owners donate money to to whatever cause. Um, but yeah, now it's time for them to be public and throw their support behind these players because they have the players have all of the um, leverage in this because um, they proved today that they're ready to just walk away and not play, and that's in a season that's already going to have a huge revenue hit. Um, 
that would be probably the final straw, the biggest hit. Um, and money talks as as crappy as that sounds. That's how you get the attention of uh, of these millionaires and billionaires is to stop making them money. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to point out when you mentioned it, but basically the line in the uh, the line in the Lakers statement: "We cannot love them." Or it said 80% of the NBA players are black men. We cannot love them for the joint entertainment that they bring to the world, yet sit in silence and fail to use our platforms and resources to amplify their voices when they demand justice and equality that America has promised us all but denied black people for too long. That's where we're at right now. Um, and it's time for these owners to, uh, to start actually doing actions instead of these words and these statements. These statements are nice, but the actions are what we need. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the silver screen and roll podcast. Like we said, uh, right after we get some kind of decision after the board of governors meeting uh, tomorrow morning, we will try to react and, and, and cover that as, as well as we possibly can. This is a very weird and, and unique and, and frankly cool time that, that we're all living in. Uh, as we watch athletes, uh, you know, stand up for something that uh, that we all, frankly, should have been standing up for far before this. But mm-hmm. here we are. Please be safe out there. Please be smart. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.